morning. You're listening to Real Life, Real People Radio on this Sunday morning. What a joy it is to be with you today. I am so glad that you've taken time out of your day to listen to Real Life, Real People Radio. And I just want to thank you. And if if you've missed any of our previous shows, you can find us on podcasts. You can go to Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Spotify or even Podbean and search Real Life, Real People Radio. You'll find these podcasts on there. So we hope that you will um, join us as we sit back and relax and grab our favorite cup of coffee, grab a hold of our Bibles, and most importantly, grab a hold of Jesus, and he will bring the Bible to life for you. And let me lead us in a word of prayer, and then we will introduce our special guest who is going to talk to us about how you can just trust in the Lord with all your heart and what that means and how that grows your faith and how she has had big, bold faith and God has answered her prayers. And we just can't wait to hear what all has happened in her life. So before... We introduce Polly. Let me lead us in a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you so much. Thank you for today. Thank you for just being ever present with us. Thank you that we know and we trust you with all of our heart and lean not on our own understanding. And we acknowledge you in all our ways that you will make our path straight. So Lord, let us remember this and let us, first of all, trust you. Just trust you. Because you have our best interests at heart, and you want the very best for us. And we thank you. We thank you for today. We thank you for Polly, who's coming here, and she's going to share her heart and her faith. And I can't wait to hear her story. So, Lord, thank you so much for Polly and her family and um, just being with her and with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, we are continuing our series about faith and how to grow our faith. So I have invited a friend of mine to come in and talk to you about her faith and how God has directed every step of her way, um, starting from when she was very young to today, and he still is. So I want to introduce Polly Stretcher. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing fine, thank you. Good, it's so good to see you. It's good to be here. Yes, it, it is good to be here and, and talk about Jesus. Don't you love that? Right. Right. You know, when I see you, Polly, I see a woman of faith. And I know that you uh, are so close to Christ and that you make Christ a part of your everyday. So tell our listeners how you start your day, because I think it's really neat. You told me. And I'm just amazed. Well, I start out uh, in the morning, you know, I take my thyroid medicine. And then I get in my uh, devotionals. My daughter laughs at me because I'm in eight books (laughs) that I read every morning. And then I'm doing the recap Bible study. And uh, I go ahead and get in that. And then I read probably two days in the Bible for that. Which is how, like... About six chapters, or uh, it's usually it's about yeah about wow. around six. So uh-huh. you spend a lot of your day with mm-hmm. with Christ. Yes, I do. In His Word, do you pray every day? Yes, I do. <laughs> Several times a day. Oh yeah, all throughout the all, day. Yes. All throughout the day. Yeah, you really do lean on God 
through prayer yes, and His Word. I do. And have you found that you hear His voice? You hear Him through maybe reading the words of in the Bible or just just a knowing of what He wants you to do? Like, Right, right, I do. I, I, I can just... Just something comes over me, you know. It's just like not audible, but I'm, I mean, it's like God is speaking to me. <laughs> Can even be in situations, or um, He'll show you something outside. Like maybe you just look out and you see something across. Do you see crosses a lot? And you just think, oh, that's Jesus. I mm-hmm. see God here. Or I know you like sheep. I happen to the know that about the little lambs, yes. <laughs> the little lambs. And who is your good shepherd? Jesus Christ. That's right. That's right. Well, let's talk about your faith and really your story. Um, you have been close to God your whole life. You tell us about your family. You grew up in a large family, correct? Right. How many children? My there? mom and dad had ten children. Ten and children. I had wow. Christian mother and dad, and we went to church. And uh, every year, we always went to camp. The children always went to camp. Sometimes Mom and Dad couldn't afford to pay my way to camp, so sometimes I had to help do dishes. Oh, really? But, yeah. But I was glad to be there. Mm-hmm. And you would do as many dishes as you needed oh, to yes, do to be I there. <laughs> so it, your faith has been important to you for a long time. Oh, yes. But have there been situations in your life that have challenged you, or you feel like maybe you grew closer to God through them, even though they were very hard challenges. Let's start there. Uh, yes. Uh, my first husband, uh, he was in the Army, and uh, after he got out of the Army, uh, we had four children. And uh, one day, when my baby was four months old, uh, he deserted us. And I was just, uh, I didn't know what, what I was going to do. And, uh, but we, we moved to Broken Bow, Oklahoma, and uh, my grandmother lived a half a block away from me. And the children and I went to First Baptist Church, mm-hmm. and uh, they were in the nursery, and I was uh, uh, in the choir and I, in Bible study, and eventually worked with the girls' auxiliary. And then it, on Sunday night, I was a training union leader. And I was very, very busy. But, uh, you know, that here three years has passed. And uh, one, one night after I put the children to bed, I went in the bathroom and got on my knees and I prayed uh, that God, if it was His will, that... He would provide a companion to help me raise my four children. Yeah. And let me just say that that had to have been so hard. Here you have four young children, and your husband just deserted you. And I'm sure that that hurt a lot. Did, and did you feel abandoned? Oh, yes, definitely. And I was very angry at him. Mm-hmm. But let me ask you this. Were you angry at God? Or were you? Did you feel like he abandoned you? No. It sounds like you didn't because you kept going to church yeah. and and prayed and and wanted to get closer to him and seek him. Yes, that is true. And I love how you prayed and you prayed specifically because God says, "Ask 
and you shall receive, so that your joy may be full. And there's another scripture, ask, seek, knock. So what you were asking for was a companion, a father figure for your children to yes. raise them. And so tell me what happened after you, after you prayed that. Did you get an immediate answer? No, uh, it was about two weeks later. Uh, I had a friend that I hadn't seen in 15 years, and her and her family moved to Mount Vernon. And uh, she wanted the children and I to come down and spend a weekend. And my mom and dad were working in Texas at that time, and I thought, well, that's not too far. That might be a a nice little trip for the kids Mm -hmm. and I. So we went to visit with her that weekend. Okay, so this is a couple weeks later. You get a call out of the blue from her to come to, to Texas. Okay, so then what happens? This is making me interested. Well, after we got there that Saturday night, she sent one of her daughters down to uh, invite Buddy to come up and play dominoes with us. So she kind of was setting you up, maybe. Yes, I I did not know what was going Mm -hmm. on. At that time, I did not know. And uh, we played dominoes that night, and and then about 10 o'clock, he went home. And after he left, she said, uh, now, Polly, he's a bachelor. He has a cattle ranch and uh, really a good man. And I said, Marie, what are you doing? <laughs> you playing Cupid? Yeah. <laughs> I, I had no idea what she was up yeah, to. Yeah. So the next morning, we went to church with her. And at this little church, they didn't have a piano player. And she told the pastor that I played and I sang. And he asked me, would I mind playing and maybe sing a special? And I said, Okay. Oh, wow. Just right there. You weren't even prepared for that. (laughs) And I got to meet his mother while I was there. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we, after lunch Sunday, well, the children and I left to go home. Okay. Awesome. So you meet this man, and were you initially thinking, oh, I kind of like him? Or did did you know at that point? Well, I really didn't know okay. at that time. Okay, so you thought, well, he was nice. So then tell us what happened. Okay, well, <laughs> it was probably about two or three weeks later. This big truck drove up in front of my house, and Buddy got out of the passenger side, and he walked up to the door. And I said, well, what are you doing in Broken Bow? He said, well, I hired a man to bring me up here to get a load of lumber and Chris O'Poles because I'm going to have a barn built. Uh-huh. And I said, well, would your friend like to come in and have some coffee? And he said, no, he's real timid. But all the time Buddy sat there, he was thumbing through my family Bible that was on the coffee table. And oh, I thought, okay. you know, he wasn't really looking at me that much. <laughs> but then after a while, he said, well, I would like to come and see you. Mm. And I said, uh, you know, it kind of shocked me. And then he said, but I can only come up on Sundays because I'm having a barn built and I have cattle. And and I said, well, I go to church on Sunday. He said, well, I'll go with you. Had he been going to church? Was he active in church at the time? I really don't. I don't really know okay. if he was. Do you know if he had been praying to meet someone? Had y'all ever talked about that? 
No, we didn't. You didn't, but mm-hmm. you knew you were. Okay, so oh, here yes. you go. So did he come to church with you? Yes, he did. Well, there you we go. Went. There's a keeper. <laughs> we went Sunday morning and Sunday night. Uh-huh. And uh, and how did it make you feel to to go with someone to church like that? That he was ready to go. You invited him, and wasn't mm-hmm. didn't that feel good to be yes, able to really go to did. church and share God with someone? Mm-hmm. We would go out to Beaver's Bend during the Uh day, in the afternoon, and Uh and the children would play, Mm -hmm. and we'd sit at the picnic table. That was our dates. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Well, and food, right? You'd eat food. Oh, yes. I'd either have a picnic lunch, or I'd cook lunch at home. Mm -hmm. We'd have lunch. Uh Mm -hmm. Okay, so then y'all start this relationship of he came up and visit, and then did you end up marrying him? He came up every Sunday for uh-huh. about, I don't know, several months. And uh, then he, uh, it was real funny how he how he approached me with it. He said, uh, if we're going to get married, uh, I need to know. He said, because uh, I, I need to build us a house. Well, I told him. Uh, he oh, said, that is. <laughs> <laughs> and then actually, he didn't build us a house. He built his mother one. Oh, okay. And we were going to get the one she lived in because it was larger. I see. And uh, he then he said, "Well, how how soon could we get married?" And I said, "Well, uh, you know, I went. I borrowed money from the bank to take night classes, and I said my neighbor." kept my children two nights mm-hmm. a week for me to go to school. And I said, it'd probably take me about six months to pay my debt off, you know. And he said, okay. And, well, the next time he came up, he had sold some calves, and he had a cattle check for $750. He said, would this take care of your debts? <laughs> oh, wow, wow. Well, you know, God answered your prayers, and he brought you someone who he knew would be perfect for you and your children. And so y'all ended up staying married for, what, 59, 59 years? 59 years. That is wonderful. Now, I know that y'all were very close, and you remained in church. Your children, your four mm-hmm. children grew up in church, and um, that was a very important part of your life. I want you to tell me how being in church grew your faith. Why should we go to church? There might be someone out there thinking, well, you know, I don't go to church, and, and I can still be close to God. While that's true, how does having a church family help? Well, it helped me uh, an awfully lot. Um, My church family was just like, well, they were family to Mm -hmm. me, you know. And, uh, but I I knew that that by going to church that my faith was stronger and stronger all the time. And uh, Yeah, and I can see that in you, definitely, definitely. Now, I would like to talk about another hard time in your life where God brought you through, and that was when your son, Ronnie Milliken, and his friends were involved in an accident. So take us back to that time. How old were the boys when this happened? Ronnie was 22 years old. Okay. And I'm not sure how the other boys were, but I think they were all in their 20s. Right. And they were working together. They were out of school. Right. Um, They were working, and they were 
on a vacation going to the beach, to the, right. to the ocean. And so kind of take us from there. They were leaving that night to go back to work. What happened? It was by 1130 at night, and there was a train across the track, but there wasn't any rails down. There was only a little yellow light up above, and the driver of the car did not see the railroad, uh, the train. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. so he slammed on his brakes and it was a, a grain car that his car hit. Oh. And if it hadn't been a grain car, it would have sheared the top of the car off. And uh, the driver, uh, he died in two hours. And the boy sitting behind him died in two weeks. Mm. And then the boy in the front seat on the passenger side, they didn't even know there was anybody there. He was crushed up under the dash really bad. And he was in a coma for 30 years. Wow. And his mother would not let him take the feed tube out. She said, that's my son, mm. and I'll take care of him. Mm. And uh, Ronnie, he had head injuries to the right side of his head. And he had uh, uh, he was in ICU for two and a half months. And uh, the doctors were just saving his life, actually. Right, They right. didn't do any corrective surgeries or anything. And they told you and he may not even live, right? They, yeah, they, they said he, he I mean, I, I got to go in and see him maybe five minutes at a time, uh, like two or three times a day. But eventually they let me come in and stay more mm-hmm. because I would talk with him. I didn't know if he could hear me or not. But it looked like they knew that he recognized my voice. Yes. And so they let me come in and stay more. And his vitals would improve yes. when he would hear your voice. Right. But, I know how close y'all y'all were his oh, whole yes. life. Oh, and, yeah. and so you stayed with him about three months. Yes, and, I was in Carver's Christie mm-hmm. three months. And he continued to get better? Well, when or, we left when we left Carver's Christie uh, well, the doctor said that he was going to have to gain strength mm-hmm. before he could have any corrective surgeries. He only weighed 88 pounds, and he had to learn to walk again. Oh, wow. Yeah. He had a lot of uh, head injury. Mm-hmm. And uh, and did he lose vision in one he eye? He lost vision in his right eye, and then he had to have a plate in his right he- on the side of his head, and then he had a shunt put in, mm-hmm. and uh, he had other uh, glandular problems. He mm-hmm. had quite a bit of that. Okay. Oh, wow. And the doctor said he would only live? Ten years. Ten years. Probably. That would be it. Right. And how long did he live? He lived 39 years. Yes. yes. He just <laughs> recently passed a couple years ago. Yes. And, and I knew Ronnie, and he was such an inspiration to so many people. He um, he loved Jesus. Yes, he did. And he loved his mama. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so much. Well, tell about there was a time when you were with him in the hospital, and I guess he had, you walked in and you just said he wasn't looking right. The, there was no light in his eyes. Yes. Like, it was just a difference. It wasn't right. the, the Ronnie that you knew and loved. So tell mm-hmm. us about that what he told you. Tell well, us that whole story. I walked over to him, and I, I looked at him, and he just looked so dull, and, and there was no light in his eyes. And he said, Mom, he said, uh, this is just my physical body. He said, 
my spiritual body, uh, he says, went up. And he said, I didn't see heaven. I was on the outside of heaven. And I kept asking him, what, what did it look like, Ronnie? What did it look like? He said, Mother, words cannot even express what I saw. But he said, I also went down. And he said, all of a sudden, he said, it was like a, a big arm reached down and pulled me up and asked me, where did I want to go? Oh, wow. And I, he said, Mom, you don't understand what I'm talking about. He said, call the chaplain to come up here. And so I did. I called the chaplain. He came up. He walked over to Ronnie, and, and Ronnie talked with him. And he said, well, are you, are you ready to go? And Ronnie said, whatever God wills. And he says, well, let's pray. And so he prayed over Ronnie. And then when I opened my eyes and looked at Ronnie, his the light was back in his eyes after the and prayer after the mm-hmm. prayer when we opened our eyes mm-hmm. i could see the light was back in his eyes mm-hmm. and so do you think he was having an out of body experience because yes. he had lost he had lost consciousness there for a while and was on the brink maybe of dying well and was almost like given that that choice and we all have the choice. Do we want to right. to be with with Christ or not? Mm-hmm. So it was almost like a message to him to right. make that decision now. That's how I look at it. Mm-hmm. Is God was saying, "Make your decision now." You know, make it. Don't wait. And he did. He made his we, decision. <laughs> so did he immediately want to go and and give his life to Christ and and baptism and and just commitment? Did yes, he do he that did. when y'all got back home? Yes, when we got back home. Uh, he did. He he knew that he wanted to be baptized. He was baptized when he was a child, but he didn't really know what mm-hmm, he was doing, mm-hmm. you know. And so he was baptized. And uh, the the parents, three of the parents, uh, we we sued the railroad company because they were at fault. Mm-hmm. And they did get a, a settlement from the each boy got a settlement from the railroad company, and. Uh, so we, uh, Ronnie, built him a, a real nice house, mm-hmm. and uh, so I put uh, his money in with the insurance company. That way, you know, he would get a, a check every month. Right, because he couldn't work. There was no way. No, he couldn't. He, he, he couldn't was disabled. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was disabled, and so probably, oh, I don't know how long he was in his house. But one day we were coming back from Tyler, and he said, Mom, I've been praying about something. He said, tell me what you think. He said, I, I would like to move to the assisted living. Mm-hmm. And I said, Ronnie, you want to give up your house? It is so nice. He said, Mom, I really am serious. And I said, well, if you want to go out there and stay a month, and you decide that's where you want to be, I said, then we'll sell your house. So he did. He stayed out there a month, and he said, this is where I want to be. (laughs) Well, he loved people, and I know that because Mm -hmm. I I knew Ronnie, and he loved to make people feel good, and he loved to talk about Jesus, and he loved to write. Oh, yes. He wrote a lot of poems that encouraged so many people. Yes, he did. And we're going to actually end with one of his poems in a minute. 
that I want you to read to to everybody and and hear. But he he had a tremendous impact on many people. So that particular circumstance and that tragedy, that tribulation, grew his faith, made him make that decision to follow Christ. And boy, did he ever follow Christ. Yes, he did. And it also grew your faith, too, as a mother going through that and, and, and seeing your son make that decision. And just, I know in the hospital, you were telling me there were many people there and you were able to share Jesus with some of the people that had had some tragic things happen there. Mm -hmm. Tell us about the one lady who asked you about your Bible. I love this. Yes. uh, There was a lady there in the waiting room that her son had was in the hospital. He had had a motorcycle accident, and uh, he she saw me writing and reading my Bible every day. And she came over to me and she said, "What what are you writing?" And and I said, "Well, I, I'm keeping a journal." And I said, "And uh, and I read in my Bible." And she says, "Well." My son is in ICU, and he's in really, really bad shape. She said, would you mind if I read some of your journal? And I said, well, yes, I would, that would be fine. I said, but I would like for you to give it back to me. Mm-hmm. And I believe that helped her tremendously. And you just never know what people need. But you were there, and she saw you, you know, what you did as you waited, because that's got to be hard, waiting in a waiting room, not knowing what's right. happening to your loved one and if they're going to make it. And, right. you know, I, I just, I know you helped her. I just well, know you did. Uh, and then another young lady came in the waiting room one day. And, uh, and I, of course, I tried to be friendly with everyone that I met. And I walked over and was talking with her. Well, her, the little girl's stepfather had beat her with a board. Oh, yeah. And mm. bless her heart, she had. Uh, she said she didn't have anywhere to stay. She didn't have any money. She didn't know what she was going to do. And I called the pastor at First Baptist Church there in Corpus Christi, and I told him about her. And he came down there, and he brought her $100. But not only that, he got her a job at a motel that was close to the hospital. Mm. She could work some because she couldn't see her daughter, but every so often. And he got her that job, and she had a place to stay, and she made some money. Oh, wow. And I love to watch that when people help people. Yes. That is amazing. So your faith has grown a lot over the years. And oh, you yes. have three living children right now. You have right. Larry, Ann, and Jerry. Mm-hmm. And you have been such an inspiration to all of them, I know. And um, that's continuing. And I, I happen to know Ann. I serve with her at the church. And she is always there, gladly serving. Mm-hmm. Um, we serve the meals together for the Wednesday night dinner. And, mm-hmm. and she's always there. And it's just it's neat to see the impact that you have had on your children. Well, I'm I'm a mother that's really blessed because what more would you want for your children than to follow the Lord? <laughs> and they all do. That's they right. Do. That's right. My oldest son is a deacon and he teaches a men's class. Mm-hmm. And my daughter that lives in Tennessee, her husband teaches a men's class and she works with children. Yeah. Awesome. Well, 
you did it right, and you're continuing to, to do it right with teaching your children and just being a, a loving mother like you have and providing that love for them. And they know you love them and that God loves them. Oh, yes. Yes. So you had told me your favorite scripture was from Proverbs 3, right. 5, and 6. Mm-hmm. Um, what, would you read that for us? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Amen. You didn't even have to read it. You have it to memory. Oh, it's my favorite yeah. verse. One of them. <laughs> yeah. And so you have applied that verse to your life. I've seen God work in my life. Mm-hmm. And you've trusted him. Oh, yes. Even when you don't understand. Right. Because you told me when we were talking that you actually forgave your first husband. Yes, I did. It was during a revival, and uh, I felt very bitter toward him. But it was during that revival that that God just put on my heart to forgive him and to pray for him, Mm -hmm. which I did. Mm -hmm. I removed all that anger. Yeah, And that has been a testimony to your own children to see that you did that. And to God. God wants us to forgive. Oh, yes. And he rewards those who follow him and and do obey him and do what he wants us to do. Just living the right life, just obeying God. I think you had said that, you know. And there's a poem that I read of Ronnie's that talks about obeying and being obedient. Mm -hmm. So, well... Polly, I just love um, your story and how you've grown your faith in these situations and circumstances. And I would like you to, to read the poem that's your favorite from Ronnie's that he wrote back in, when did he write that? In 2018. Okay, and it's, it's about you. And you've put together a book of his poems. Um, he has a lot of the poems, about 83 of them. And I know that it's your wish to actually get it published. Mm -hmm. And so I believe that it's going to happen. And I know that Ronnie would want that. And again, he was such an inspiration in writing these poems. So would you close with that poem? Okay. A Mother's Love. Mothers are a special gift from God when raising up a child, keeping their children in the Word so as not to be defiled. The happiness that a mother brings comes from loving the Lord. While living out her life down here, her godly treasures are stored. My mom is committed to doing good, for it's written in the Bible. She stands strong in her godly walk and can be counted reliable. If not for my mother's directing me, I shudder to think where I'd be. God moving in and through my mom is such an encouragement to see. Oh, wow. That is beautiful. And it's exactly what we talked about today. And I know you've got to be proud that you have made that impact on your son. Yes. And your and your other children as well. And you've been an inspiration to a lot of us here at the church as well, and especially in the women's ministry. Thank you for what you do. And you're always present and there and Ready to lend a helping hand. Oh, yes. (laughs) 
And you bake pretty good pies, I hear. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, my husband, we were married 59 years. Mm -hmm. He was a wonderful father to my children. Yes. They loved him. They said, well, he wasn't their father, but he was their daddy. Oh, I love that. Oh. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story today. And I know that it touched someone are many people today that that have listened. So let me close this in prayer, and we just thank you. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for everyone listening, and I just pray that they heard something that will inspire them as they grow in faith. And Lord, help them to trust you with all their heart. And don't try to lean on their own understanding. Because when they acknowledge you in all their ways, you will make straight their paths. And so, Lord, we thank you for this beautiful word in in Proverbs. And we know that it's truth and we believe it and we claim it. And we just thank you again for this opportunity to hear Polly's story. And we just pray for all those who have challenges they're dealing with, that they would just come a little closer to you and seek you with all their heart. We love you, Lord, and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to Real Life, Real People Radio. If you would like to hear more episodes, simply search Real Life, Real People Radio on Apple, Google, and Podbean Podcasts. And remember, every day will be a good day when you get real with God. Real Life, Real People Radio, copyrighted 2023. All rights reserved. Real life, real people, real faith, Jesus the center, real life.